Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you ever wish you could get more from your podcast? Well, you can with BuzzFeed Daily, hosted by me, Casey Rackham. And me, Zach Safford. On our show, we've got more good news and more pop culture. More memes and more celebrity tea. More of everything that's blowing up your timeline and trending on the internet. Every weekday evening, we're giving you more of what you need to enjoy your day. Because what's life if it isn't to be enjoyed? Listen to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We welcome in our radio affiliates everywhere, north, south, east, west, all over the USA, getting fat. With Pharrell on a pain-free Friday on Sports Grid Radio. We're on Mightier 1090 in San Diego and all of Southern California. Don't forget, starting January 7th, we are taking over Sirius XM Channel 204. The coup. The takeover. I know Mafia is stoked. So I'm looking forward to that myself. We'll talk about all the uh, college football games tomorrow. At least the ones that they're playing. Think about this. The ones they've canceled. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Oklahoma, West Virginia. I thought that was going to be a good game. Ohio, Kent State, Miami of Ohio, and Bowling Green have been canceled. The Arkansas State game was canceled. No one cares. No, no offense to anybody. The old Oak and Bucket, Purdue, Indiana, canceled. Cincinnati, Tulsa, canceled. They made that the AAC championship game uh, instead. So that game canceled. They're going to play it in the title game. Texas, Kansas, canceled. Washington, Oregon, canceled. Ole Miss and A&M canceled. And Utah State, Colorado State was canceled today. So that game's over with. Now, did you hear about that uh, game being canceled? Something about something the athletic director said about one of the coaches or something. And then the players walked. Uh, They decided that uh, they didn't want to play. Apparently, in protest. I could be wrong. I saw something, Mafia. There was like some huge uh controversy uh, i don't even know yeah. but apparently it was something to do with the uh the, the coach is taking over right now as the interim and he's polynesian and part of the church of latter-day saints and when they're talking to the the administration about like their support for him you know to be considered as you know the possible next coach apparently they brought up both his ethnic background and his religious background as things that might not you know work for the school so they got upset about them you know going against this guy because of who he is and, you know, being race, not right. Well, I guess partially racist and against his religion too. It's just, so they said, you know what? We're not playing because we're not, we're going to stand behind our guy. Yeah. You can't be judged by the, uh, your race or your religion. Right. But apparently, apparently at that school, you can <laughs> by the administration. What a disaster. I had Utah state with the number in that game too. We got a lot going on tonight, so get on the bench. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood... We bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. 
So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. So for all events, we'll have uh, Aaron Torres on in a little bit here in, I don't know, a few minutes. Uh, later this hour, we'll talk to him about college football and college basketball from Fox Sports. And uh, he's been on the show a million times over the years. We always love Aaron Torres of Fox Sports. So uh, out in Lipstick City, he'll join us uh, next segment. I just wanted to talk about, just for now, uh, it really bothers me about uh, Kyrie Irving, really, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I, you know. I just don't get this cat. I, I seriously, there's got to be something wrong with him. Now, I've heard about all I can take about how he's just, you know, uh, the greatest guy in the world, uh, doing so much for the community, Mr. Philanthropy, Mr. Save the World. I, I've heard all that. You know, that's great. Congratulations. Uh, that's fantastic. I'm all for it. I hope he, uh, you know, saves everyone and feeds everyone and helps the the weak, the feeble, the sick, uh, the blind, the deaf. I hope he hopes, helps everyone in the world. And I mean that sincerely. The problem I have, Mafia, is his entire diatribe about uh, the media. It's okay for him to apparently call uh, the media pawns. We're all a bunch of pawns, apparently. and uh, But he's, you know, above it all. Like when I was reading all of his uh, posts, the Malcolm X posts, the uh, it should all go to charity to save communities. But I'm not answering to a bunch of pawns. So everyone in the media is a jerk and a loser, apparently, and not worthy of his wisdom and greatness. Uh, I forgot, you know, it's hard for me to remember all the time, you know, when he came out of Duke that he's Jesus Christ. It's hard for me to, you know, I can't with early for Alzheimer's. It's hard for me, Mafia, to go back and remember that, you know, when he was when he rose again on the third day from the dead and came out of the tomb and then he ended up going to Duke. And then when he got out of Duke, Jesus took over and saved all the people. I, I forgot about that part that he was, you know, Jesus and everything and that. He, you know, everyone's, you know, he wants to help everyone, but the media is the the bad people. They're the ones that have ruined his life and misportray uh, him and apparently uh, misrepresent him, misquote him, uh, draw a, a bad picture of him. And You mean like the 30% of the games you play every year? And, you know, you mean uh, the guy that is miserable everywhere he goes? The guy that, uh, you know, I mean, even he can't even keep LeBron happy because he's KD's the only guy that can play on his level, not LeBron or anybody else. And he, he, you know, he ran out of Cleveland, ran out of Boston, 
You know, he's played in uh, Brooklyn. He's What has he played, about 10 games in Brooklyn? Listen, I don't deny, and I never have denied his greatness as a player, right? I mean, the guy's got massive game, handle, finish, ability inside and out. There's no doubt he'd break my ankles. He breaks everybody else's ankles. He's a great player when he plays one game a month. You know, for the money that he's making, boy, is he, what a what a deal for him. What a deal for him to get that kind of money and never play. I mean, the guy never plays. So uh, how long is he going to last this year? 20 games? 15? 10? 30? Will he play half the games? No way. No way will he play half the games. Even when he's healthy. Even when he's healthy, doesn't he need load management? Because it's so taxing on him. It's just so it's just so unbearable. His his tough life in the NBA where he's just so drowning in work. He's gotta just be so tired and so weak. He needs his rest. Kyrie Femme. He needs his he needs his, you know, time away from the game to get his his mind right. He's Busy. <laughs> I'm just like, and then he blames the media for everything. He won't uh, do any interviews. You know what? I said today on Coast to Coast, I'm going to say it again right now. I hope this hard ass thinks he can do that every single day of the year. I hope they fine his ass 25 grand every single day that he continues his charade of nonsense and flat out. I mean, for a grown man, he sure is immature, isn't he? I mean, this guy blames everything on the media. What, what did the media do to him? <laughs> what, what did the media do to him <laughs> is what I want to know. There's nothing they did to him. I mean, he's the he's the guy that couldn't. Uh, handle playing with LeBron. He's the guy that couldn't handle. Uh, you know what he couldn't handle? Let's face facts. He couldn't handle anyone that's good being around him. He just can't handle. He's like the kid that takes his ball and goes home. He's a kid that is in the sandbox and someone else starts playing with his toys and he throws a fit and starts crying and runs home to his mommy. And then he's the guy that when he was around Tatum and Brown, and any of them, Smart's defense is better than his. He got around all those players in Boston, and they were all good. And he wanted, you know, he didn't want any part of that, right? So he comes to the the Nets, and he lasts for about ten games. And now, you know, there's all these players on that team now. Levert, you know, uh, it goes on and on uh, that have turned into, uh, you know, ballers. Oh, I know Harris and Al. What's the guy's name? Uh, Dinwiddie. He's a guy that there's no way that Kyrie Irving. Now, he'll lie and tell you he loves it. But there's no way he wants to see Dinwiddie scoring 30 a game and getting all that burn. He doesn't want anybody to be good except him. Have you ever noticed that? It's got to be him only. He's got to be the, the deal. And everyone else just get out of the way. He reminds me of Harden in the sense that Harden, he's got uh, Peaky Blinders on every game. He doesn't see anybody. Oh, it's so hard for him to have 10 dimes a game when he's got the ball for the entire, like, what do he's got the ball for? 45 minutes, 45 out of, uh, out of 48. I mean, Christ, if I had the ball that long, I'd have 15, 20 dimes every game too. 
I, there's nothing I hate worse than guys that can't, you know, play with others. I mean, is there anything worse? I played with this dude, this, this guy, uh, six, six, two forty. He's like mafia size, but way more athletic than you. Uh, he's a brother can jump out of the gym and dunk the ball, tomahawk it down your throat. I can't stop him. Nobody can stop him. But the problem with him is he's just a complete tunnel vision. He's a ball hog, never passes ever. Guy pulls up from 35 feet, goes down low, inside, outside, never passes. You could be standing under the basket, cooking hot dogs on the grill all alone, waving your arms, and the guy won't pass you the ball. No one wants to play with him. You know, this guy, every time he shows up, people are like, I'm not, I'm not on his team. I don't even care if he beats me. Just I'm not playing with him because he never passes. I like guys that move the ball, play ball, set screens, cutters, get the feed, uh, you know, looking, you know, backdoor cutters. I, that's my game. I'm a backdoor cutter and a slicer and a baseline player and a, and a power forward that can fit, finish anywhere in the paint or on the, on the baseline or in the corners. And uh, is there is there anything worse than some guy that won't give you the pill if you're wide open, cutting to the basket for a layup? And he pulls up from 25 and jacks it and doesn't even see you. Those are the worst. That's, that's Harden and Kyrie Irving. That's exactly who they are. I hope they find his ass just like they did today every day. And then he says none of that bothers him. There is no one on the face of the earth alive anywhere in the world. Not even just here. Anywhere in the world. No one, no one can take being fined $25,000 every day of their life. I don't care if you make $150 million, if you get fined 25 grand every day, that's like getting a speeding ticket every day of your life. If you got a speeding ticket every day of your life, Mafia, for $350 every day of your life, you'd kill yourself after about a year of it. I mean, you just couldn't even take it. So this guy, I hope they find him every single day like they did today. But you know who doesn't have the stones to do that? Adam Skinny Neck Silver. He would never do that. He's too in bed with all the players. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you. Because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, so this is great. We get to talk to our boy, Aaron Torres, Fox Sports, and Aaron uh, Torres podcast out in Lipstick City. A double shot with him tonight on the bench. My man, how you doing, bro? Scotty, I am uh, never been better. Never been better. Everything's good. How are you over there in New York City, my friend? I'm chilling, man. It's good to have you on. Merry Christmas and uh, Feliz Navidad. Uh, Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. All of that. If I don't uh, talk to you between now and the end of the year, uh, because I got like three or four shows left after tonight. That's exactly what I was going to ask. I feel like I do this every year. Now, usually we're talking about bowl games by this time. I feel like you basically take off all of December. Did you did you decide to put in a few extra hours this year or what? Well, I like to take off uh, in the winter, I told you, because of uh, I hate it here, and I like it where you are, and I like surfing, and I like chicks in bikinis, and there aren't any of those around here, so I get out of here in, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, January, February, after the Super Bowl, I like to roll to the, you know, surf and Caribbean and stuff like that, so... Uh, I like working the rest of the year. Like, so once January rolls around, I'll work till <laughs> literally I'll work till like Thanksgiving. I don't even, I don't take off in the spring and summer. Like all the sissies, I have to go on my family vacation in the summer with the wife and kids. My kids run and my wife run from me in the summer. They want nothing to do with me basically year round, but particularly in the summer. Sometimes they leave on their own and go on vacations without me because they need to be relieved of my loudness, Aaron. <laughs> well, listen, you call me from January 1 until the day after Thanksgiving, my man. I Not only do I not mind your loudness, I enjoy it. I always feel guilty when you don't call me as if I did something wrong. Uh, but, dude, man, it's great to hear from you. I'm glad everything's good. Uh, I hope you do catch those waves wherever you're going to be going uh, from, uh, you know, now until January 1, man. But, you know, I love coming on with you, my man. All right, so when I next time I'm out in uh, Lipstick City, I'll, I'll grab a bite with you. I'll take you out to dinner, lunch, sure. whatever, so we can hook up out there. Because I, I, you know, it's weird. I've been doing a lot of uh, not not with the COVID, but uh, I've noticed over the last couple of years, I've been doing more and more fights in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, I do all the boxing, mm-hmm. and so I've been out there a lot for like Wilder Fury. I, I've been to uh, several fights in Los Angeles now. So the next time I'm out there, uh, we'll hook up. So let's talk about. Uh, I want to. I really want to start because I'd love to hear your feelings about uh, Krzyzewski because, uh, you know, I'm on the side of the river that says uh, here's a guy that uh, demanded that they play the NCAA tournament. It's the most important thing in the world. And then, uh, you know, go two months forward. He doesn't want to play non-conference games anymore. And uh, he also sounds like he wants to stop playing basketball altogether. Uh, He wants the season (laughs) to end. Uh, He sounds like. Uh, he should be in the Ivy League or something. And then I love the guy at Alabama that that shredded him. We played him today on the TV show uh, saying it's because he's losing non-conference games. And I watched him play. You've watched him play. They got their ass beat by Michigan State and uh, by Illinois. And I think they're, uh, frankly, this is the worst team I think I've seen him have in 25 years. Yeah. So what I would say is I, I think everything is true. And what I would say pseudo in defense of coach K if you've paid closely attention to the tea leaf Scotty there's about a six-month track record of him you know he did say we need to play an NCAA tournament the NCAA as we know it cannot exist if we don't play a 2021 NCAA tournament 
he was also what I would say one of the last people to bring his players back. His players didn't get back until the middle of August when most teams brought their players back uh, to campus in, in June and even early July. And, you know, his kind of thought process at the time was, Hey, it's not safe to bring my guys back. I'll, I'll leave them at home, blah, 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 this and that. But Scotty, do you remember the story? Um, it was probably like September ish when there was like a one day period where people said we should play the NCAA tournament with all 346 teams. Do you, do you remember that? Let everybody in the NCAA tournament. Yes. Remember that? Yes. Yes. So the long and the short of it was that was a coach K brainchild. Um, and it was essentially because he did not want to travel for out of conference games. He said, let's just eliminate the out of conference and let me play, you know, NC state and wake forest and Virginia and Virginia tech uh, and let's just let everybody into the NCAA tournament. And so what I will say is I do not believe that he said this because his team is getting their butts kicked. Now, I think what you said is 100% accurate. This is about as bad of a Duke team as I can remember. Um, you know, I, I've known these, you know, I've seen these kids in high school and none of them stood out. I didn't think they would be this bad as a collective group. I do not believe, though, that he is saying this because his team is bad. I believe he's saying it because he is a 73-year-old guy, and he doesn't want to get on planes, trains, and automobiles to play these games right now. And what I would say, what I have said over the last two days, is exactly what you just said, Scotty. People have opted out. You guys have an update anchor. I'm sure every update that you guys do, there's a new college football player opting out of the season. By the way, as you said, the entire Ivy League opted out of the season. Right. So if he doesn't want to play, if he doesn't feel that it's safe for him personally, he shouldn't coach, man. His legacy is is set in stone. And we all remember in 95 when he when he, he opted out before anyone knew what opting out was. But I bring it up because if he doesn't want to be part of this season as a 73-year-old man, we would understand it. Yeah, he would get poked for a day or two, but people would ultimately understand it. But to toe this line of it's not safe, let's cancel the entire sport is absolutely preposterous. And I give Nate Oates, the Alabama coach, credit for calling him out yesterday. Hey, so last night on the show, we had a conversation for like an hour about uh, – I brought up – I said, uh, you know, he's, he reminds me of uh, – my old uncle on the front porch yelling at everything, mad about everything. <laughs> Dinner, the weather, the neighbors, the sound of the car next door. He did the, the, you know, everything, the government. <laughs> He's just mad at everybody. <laughs> so, I, so I said on the show last night that I think he's going to retire in five years and he'd be, you know, 78 years old going on 88. And I think that uh, the choices are Bobby Hurley and Woj. I thought, you know, we talked about Amaker. We talked about Johnny Dawkins. Uh, I guarantee you Oates isn't getting that job. I think they're a Duke guy as always. You know, like Michigan wants a Michigan man. Duke, I think Duke clearly wants a Dukey. And I think Hurley's the guy. Now, we started talking about it, what he's done at Buffalo and at ASU and then what Woj is doing at Mar uh, Marquette. And I actually, I said I think that Woj might be doing a better job coaching but I think that Hurley's the guy that they want in the future. And I think it's hard to win at Arizona State. But I think if he was at Duke and got all that talent and all those All-Americans and McDonald's players, that he would he would be a great coach at Duke. Do you, do you think I'm crazy that those are the two guys? Well, no, I don't – listen, what I would say is – 
I think Coach K is going to have a say in who the next coach is. And I think not only is he going to have a say, but I think those two guys, I think you could maybe include Jeff Capel at Pitt, who frankly hasn't done anything, but let's just for the sake of him being a former Duke guy, throw him in. I think Coach K not only is going to have a say, but he's going to want one of his guys. To your point, he's not going to want to bring somebody from the outside into this program. Um, But one of those guys at some point has to perform. And it's crazy because, you know, you mentioned ASU. I was watching them last night against San Diego State. I may have had a small, you know, financial interest in SDSU in that game. So did I. You know, Hurley – yeah, well, you're a smart guy like I am. And, you know, listen – Hurley is an icon within that program. Um, I think it's going to, what I would say is I don't, uh, I think to put it as simply as I can, I don't think any of us know who the next head coach is going to be because I don't think coach K knows who he wants to replace him. And, you know, listen, it's easy for me to say this. I, I don't have it on any background or sourcing or anything. I think if he really felt like, okay, this is the guy, the time is now that maybe he would have already kind of either brought that guy into the program or eased into to retirement or whatever, you know, he's just waiting for one of these guys to emerge so that he knows he can pass it off to the next guy. And so, you know, Bobby Hurley, listen, I'll say this, man, dude, I live on the West coast and you just hit the nail on the head. It's not easy to do what he's doing at Arizona state. I mean, you know, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say they came in the country, you know, they ranked, they were ranked like 18th or 19th in the preseason. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say this is the most like hype team that they've ever had. Like there's legitimate excitement about them, but at a certain point you got to win. And at a certain point you got to get past the first round of the NCAA tournament. And then for Woj, it's kind of the same deal, Scotty. Like, you know, like Marquette, believe it or not in college basketball circles, is a very good coaching job. You right. coach in an NBA arena. Yeah, the Midwest, believe it or not, there's a lot of really good players in the Wisconsin-Minnesota area. Uh, Tyler Heroes from Wisconsin. Jalen Johnson, the kid who's at Duke this year, is from Minnesota. There's a lot of players. Tyus Jones, Trey Jones, Gary Trent, they're all from Minnesota. So what I'm trying to say is I think there's some some – surprise and frustration that Wojo hasn't been better at Marquette because the talent is certainly there. And to kind of just circle back and answer your question directly, I think Coach K is kind of waiting for one of these guys to step up and say, I'm the guy, I'm getting it done at this X, Y, and Z spot uh, and hire me as the next head coach at Duke. Did you see uh, that kid uh, in the Indiana-Florida State game the other night? Uh, Indiana's got that kid from, uh, from, what's his name? The, he's from, uh, he's from Minnesota as well. It's that Reese Thompson guy. Uh, He's been, he's been, he's another one that was a a badass that was skinny as a rail when he left Minnesota, but got a lot Mm -hmm. bigger at at Indiana. When we come back, we'll talk some more. I want to ask Aaron about San Diego state. I thought they looked fantastic last night and who he likes so far in the college basketball season. Plus we'll talk about college football with him. The games that are left standing, a lot of them have fallen, but there are some games tomorrow and what he sees happening with the bowls and the playoff. It's Pharrell on the bench.
So San Diego State beat up on uh, Arizona State last night. We're talking to Aaron Torres. So in the coaches poll, and I don't, I, I think the coaches poll and the AP poll are just atrocious in both college football and basketball. They're stupid. They're meaningless. Power rankings are meaningless. Uh, the only poll that matters is at the end. Uh, and I'll tell you another one. Uh, the only thing that matters is that you win your conference or whatever and get to the NCAA tournament. Week to week rankings are ridiculous. But what I find ridiculous is that when I look at them, even if I just glance at them, when I watch San Diego State, there's no way that team's not ranked. There's no way that the coaches don't respect that team at all as they paced. They paced everyone they play. Uh, they pasted uh, Bobby Hurley, made him look ridiculous. And then they don't, I mean, I know they're, this is la you know, the poll that came out at the start of the week, not at the end of the week. But I'm just saying, like, how do you not recognize that that's a good basketball team? Well, you know, it, it's crazy, Scott. A couple things. First of all, you know, the two teams that were picked to finish one and two in the Pac-12, and I know the Pac-12 is in some juggernaut of late, were UCLA and Arizona State, San Diego State's beating them by double digits each. Um, and I think we, it, it, it speaks to where we are in college hoops, right? Dude, like, like, like I'm a fan since I could get out of the womb. You know, I grew up in Connecticut. I grew up on Jim Calhoun's UConn Huskies. I bring it up because we live in a different era of college basketball. Okay. We live in the transfer portal era. We live in the, you know, I'm not building for four years. I'm building for right now, this second. And what I think San Diego state has done it's done an incredible job of two things. One, identifying kids that are not quote unquote UCLA good, USC good, and saying, come here, you'll figure it out, play with a chip on your shoulder. You know, listen, Kawhi Leonard's from Riverside. He, he is from the, the quote unquote wrong side of the tracks. He is from, um, you know, the place that UCLA doesn't go to recruit, right? But what they've also done so well They've hit that transfer portal and they've taken those kids that are, you know, quote unquote, FBS, power five, power six caliber players and said, hey, it didn't work out for you at this school. It didn't work out for you at that school. Come to San Diego for one year. Have a good time. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful place. It's, it's it, whatever. And let's win some basketball games. It happened with Malachi Flynn, who came from Washington State, a losing program, and he came to San Diego State, was an All-American, and ended up being a first-round pick in the NBA draft. And then you look at this season, they have two, three guys that were really good at a previous school that didn't win, and they came to San Diego State this year, and they said, hey, let's come here, win some games, elevate your stock the way that Malachi Flynn did, and let's have a go of it. And so I think they've done a good job of doing both things, and I know for the casual college basketball fan, it's hard to follow. These players started that school, but they ended up at that school. But San Diego State has embraced it, man, and they've done a really good job of finding that balance of four-year guys that they can develop with those one, two-year players that they can bring in through the transfer market. Aaron Torres with us. Uh, well put. So uh, Luca Garza, the one thing that stood out to me about him, and I've said this on, on my shows, uh, is is just banging on the glass. I mean, this guy is just getting so much garbage and putting it back and getting fouled and, and wanting and just just grown man, like NBA wide body stuff, like get out of my way. I'm getting the board. I'm getting the offensive board, defensive board. I don't care what it is. If it's on the O end, he's going right back up and, and getting fouled and putting it in. That's the thing that stands out to me about his games is his physicality and his work. 
A hundred percent. And and two things, you know, one, I was watching the game against Carolina the other night and they actually compared him to Tyler Hansborough at, at the college level. I thought it was an amazing comparison. He's not a, you know, first team, all NBA, all, you know, NBA all-star type player, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a very valuable role at the college level. What I would say beyond that is again, it kind of speaks to this new era of college basketball, Scotty, where, he was the fourth leading scorer for Iowa the other night. And I was talking to somebody at Iowa after the game and they said, dude, we got, uh, I think it was some, some crazy stats, Scotty, of like five of their top eight players have all taken a red shirt year. And so I know these things aren't the sexy things that move the needle on national radio. Trust me, I get it. I understand. But when you're looking at college basketball teams to fill out your bracket, we get so excited with the freshmen at Kentucky, with the freshmen at Duke, who we already established last segment stink. Uh, you know, the freshmen at Kansas, Arizona, whatever. It's the juniors and seniors and fourth and fifth year seniors and 22-year-old guys that might not be NBA stars that win in the tournament. And so, yes, Luca Garza's a stud. He takes elbows in the face. He gives elbows in the face. And he's around a bunch of 22, 23-year-old grown men. They're a really good team. And on the college level, they're going to have a lot of success this year. And, yeah, I was blown away the other night against North Carolina. I know they're playing as we speak, but that's just a team that, that is built for the modern college era with a bunch of older guys that know how to get the job done at this level. Did you see Ronnie Harper Jr. the other night against Cuse to have that 26 mm-hmm. spot and have, like, literally 9 of 13 from the floor, and he had a bunch of boards, and he hit a bunch of threes, and he's got a big ass and wide hips and just <laughs> – He's got guns, and he just throws his weight around. He's not like his dad. He really isn't. He's like a, a real a real banger. What do you think of his game? Did you see that kid light it up? I used to play with him. Uh, Mafia's seen him ball, too, locally at our really? gym. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want some stories. Second, First of all, I'll say this. I mentioned a minute ago I'm a UConn guy. Steve Peichel, right. former UConn uh, uh, you know, player many, many moons ago, Calhoun guy. Um, you know, that's who Rutgers is. They're a bunch of, like, like I just said with Iowa chip on their shoulder, older guys in the case of Rutgers, I don't know how close you're paying attention to that game, Scotty, but they got a bunch of dudes that, that have physicalities and bodies that look like they play with Scott Farrell and uh, mafia down at the YMCA and the the six o'clock run before the overnight show. Um, but they're older guys, like they, they get the job done. And I, yes, I did watch that game against Syracuse. I think Syracuse, we talked last segment about, you know, uh, Mike Krzyzewski and his replacement and what does that program right. do long-term? Same uh, thing with I think Syracuse needs to start having, yeah, right. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, we, we, we can bounce off that if you want, but it's like, you know, they've been about a six, seven years uh, stretch now in the ACC where they haven't really made a dent. They haven't really been relevant. They've gotten hot in the tournament, but you know, Bayheim's in that weird spot. And yes, to answer your question or your statement, Ron Harper was awesome. The other night, he torched that two, three zone and Rutgers is another one of those teams. They're older, they're veteran, they're tough, they're physical and they beat you up and they beat Syracuse the other night. Who uh, wins the big game tomorrow? Is there is there a big game tomorrow? I mean, you, USC UCLA isn't that isn't that a big game? <laughs> okay, okay. Well, Michigan Ohio State's canceled. You know, it's crazy. Out, you know, I, I you know I I do Saturdays on on one of your competitors, right? And I was talking to my producer today. I said, look, I think if if my if my memory serves me correct. 
number two, three, four, five, seven, eight. Don't play tomorrow. So no Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Texas right. A&M, Iowa State, Cincinnati. Uh, so when he, when I asked, I, I mean, I had to ask, uh, who who wins the game? I'll say this. I do think USC wins, Scotty. But as I said, I yeah, I do the Saturday show, and I'll tell you this, man. I was the one dogging Chip Kelly, $24 million. This guy's collecting a paycheck. They're starting to figure it out. And, and I, I thought maybe three or four weeks ago, which sadly is when the Pac-12 started, that maybe this dude was just trying to write out this last contract and then retire. They are starting to figure it out offensively, and they can put up points, and they can control the clock when they need to. I don't think UCLA is quite there yet. And I, don't, and I don't think they're playoff Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama good even in a year or two or three. But I think they're going to be a threat in the Pac-12. They almost beat Oregon at Oregon the other day, uh, have two wins in a row coming into this one. I think they're just going to be an interesting team going forward. But I think USC wins tomorrow. And the closest thing that we have to a marquee game tomorrow. Weird slate on Saturday, by the way. Very weird well. Slate. I mean, I I think you know for for our uh, LA and San Diego markets, uh, that's that's what that was for. But Miami North Carolina is a better game, and uh, mm-hmm. I thought uh, I thought you know at the end of the day, I actually think Illinois Northwestern it'll be a decent game tomorrow if you're looking at games. But let me ask you this question. How do you feel about Ohio State and the red carpet they've had rolled out for them with all these decisions going their way after all of their crying uh, in the offseason, crying about having a season, crying about the Big Ten, crying about Justin Fields, crying blah, 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 having protests at the Big Ten offices, and now they get uh, to play for the Big Ten title, which, fair enough, have at it, but that they're, uh, that they're in that uh, Final Four on five games, is, uh, it's enough to give a lot of people agita. I'm, I'm ha- I think I'm having heartburn. I'm having heartburn over Ohio State's <laughs> the gifting of Ohio State. They get everything. Day's a crier. Fields is a crier. They're all really good. Don't de- I don't deny they're a good football team. They beat Indiana by seven in the one game that they played of their five. They played one game the whole mm-hmm. season. Well, so I think two things can be true. Um, I think that the rule that would have in theory kept them out of the Big Ten championship game was not nonsense right like i don't think it made any sense at all but i also think the broader conversation of a 6 and 0 ohio state team making the playoff feels really weird and like the point that you bring up is a good one scotty so, so like a couple things first of all this idea that that we drop cincinnati a spot in these playoff rankings because they haven't played but Ohio State is etched in stone at number four when they've played, what, one game the last three or four weeks? Like, it makes no sense. Right. So that's one thing that frustrates me. And then, two, exactly what you said. They've played six games. The closest thing they have to a signature win is over Indiana, who's phenomenal this year. Okay, whatever. Guess what, by the way, Scotty? You know, if they, if they win next week, they'll be 6-0. and You know who else could potentially be 6-0 and next week? USC. Nobody's yeah. talking about USC. No one. And, and like, uh, by the way, I, I don't think we should talk about USC over a Texas A&M or frankly over a Cincinnati. I really don't. But if we're going to talk about Ohio State, then yeah, probably USC should be in the conversation. And so, you know, Scotty, I've never been one of these conspiracy theory. It's, it benefits the big brands, but it's hard not to look at this season 
where someone decided in July that Ohio State is really good and we're going to just whatever, you know, however many games they play, if it's two, if it's ten, if it's six, if it's whatever, we're just going to find a spot for them in this Final Four. Um, I think they're a really good team. I don't think they're, they've proven to be elite, and I don't think they have the resume to back it up. And it just proves, you know, like I wasn't one of these like, oh, it's always the brands. It's always, but, but it feels like it is in this particular season. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, always great, uh, Aaron, uh, hanging out and talking to you. I know uh, you do the Fox Sports Radio Show. That's great. I worked there for a long time. Uh, cool people. I'm glad you're doing well there. Aaron Torres podcast also extremely popular and always popular on the bench and on coast to coast. Uh, again, happy holidays, bro. I love you. All the best to you and your family. Stay healthy and dodge that COVID son. Go straight to the rack. <laughs> All right. I look forward to having dinner when we can actually go out to dinner here in LA. Scotty, thank you for having me, man. My man, Aaron Torres out in Lipstick City. Uh, yeah, USC, they get no love. We gave them some love, Mafia. We gave, we gave USC a little love. We, we talked about the Bruins and, and, uh, Trojans game, San Diego State. I believe in what I said. Uh, I didn't say it because we're on air. I said it because I like watching them ball. I bet on them, uh, last night to win that game. Everybody knows that's documented. We'll talk about all these other college football games tomorrow that suck and tell you who I like. And pro football, any game you want to talk about, toll-free, 844-843-6879 to get on the bench. So go with us on a pain-free Friday from New York. So the mafia has been trying to electrocute me for uh, like a month. He's been silently underground, like trying to kill me with uh, by by electrocuting me in my brain. But his goal was to help me with my early for Alzheimer's. When I forget to do things, he'll be like, bro, I, I got to tell you everything. You're I have to give you like stick notes with everything to do, where to go, where to be, what time, this number. Don't forget. I'm giving you a week's notice. So I never remember anything. So what he's trying to do is while I do the show, he's been electrocuting me uh, like, um, you know, like they do testing on on things (laughs) like animals. (laughs) Don't they prod animals with electricity or something? I think they do. Mafia has been uh, what what he's doing is he's having uh, electrocution lightning bolts come out of my earbuds into my brain during the show every day between four and six East. And then uh, when I do the night show on the bench on sports Grid radio. So what he does is he sits at his uh, computer on the cloud and with the magical uh, encryption with like a, it's like a encryption. <laughs> he, he presses these numbers and these algorithms. And then uh, I sit here in the uh, studio at the Palatial and I go, and then he sits there and when he does it, he's like, (laughs) and then what happens is when I take these things out of my head, I have smoke coming out of my brain. And then he thinks it's like jump starting my brain. 
to remember the things that I have to do that he's told me I have to do before I get in trouble for not doing them. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.